our undergrad studies in india do not uh, you know teach us all of these aspects even though we are slogging we are you know like doing a lot but we are not uh, you know taught to learn by ourselves we are not taught to be left alone in a dark space to find the way you know like welcome to the arkyan podcast india's very own architecture podcast this is episode number 2 parametricism and the future of architecture with sushant verma today we have with us a design entrepreneur architect a computational designer and an educator sushant verma so he's been part of the architecture field for more than 13 years he graduated from sushant school of architecture in 2010 and then he went on to do masters in architectural association london where he studied emergent technologies and design and specialized in computational design which is parametric design He then worked for a couple of firms. One was Robofold London, which is a robotics firm, and they use robotics in architectural fabrication. And he was also a former architect at Zaha Hadid Architects. Now, how cool is that? And he was a senior editor at Arc Twenty, and then he's held a lot of teaching positions in a number of universities all around the world. And he's involved in education for computation and parametric design. He then started his own practice and initiative called Rat Lab Studio. that investigates intersections of design art technology through architecture interior design and art installations he's a recipient of various awards some of them being mark shinla award from vienna and los angeles and he's a finalist of aia emergent leading fellowships from chicago and sushant is also a tedx speaker where he is given more than 2 3 tedx talks uh, across india one of them being tedx gurugram and the other one in iit kharagpur He's also started and currently heads uh, Smart Labs, India's first six-month hybrid program on computational design that blends studio learning and e-learning using a technology-oriented program. So that was one big list of achievements, which I'm sure not many architects could pull off. But how did you manage to do so much in such a short span of time, Sushant? So uh, Manish, firstly, I'd like to uh, you know take this opportunity to thank you for uh, bringing me on board uh, for this podcast. Yeah, sure. And you know, like uh, we'll we'll come on to that part, uh, uh, the expanded and overwhelming uh, you know bio that you read about <laughs> yeah. myself. And uh, but you know, like firstly, uh, since since uh, you know I have, I'm very closely associated with technology, I have to say that uh, you know this is a fantastic platform that you've created. uh to to use technology as as a new means of communication and reinvent this uh by sharing architectural stories and uh, you know like uh, issues uh, through this Absolutely. podcast so firstly congratulations Thanks to you lot, yeah. uh and uh, yeah i mean uh, how did i manage to uh, uh, you know get get this far in this short span of time i mean i, I would say we're just at the beginning right now to be honest uh, and i i think uh, i've always had this passion for using technology and you know how technology can be used in other spectrums and fields and this is something which really inspired me uh, you know quite early uh, in my architectural days itself when i was studying architecture right. and uh, i think i would i would call myself very fortunate to to be in the right place at the right time uh, and uh, you know like being uh, you know mentored by some uh, very interesting and uh, informed people uh you know right from the college days i think uh, uh, i had a very uh, uh, good guide at that time uh, your thesis guide uh, who's a very good friend now yes uh, right before my thesis i had my dissertation guide right. uh, uh, mr abhishek bridge and uh, he handles a practice called design plus architects in delhi <laughs> and at that time he happened to be my thesis guide as well 
along with Manit Rastogi, who was uh, who handles Morphogenesis, which is a oh, wow. okay. you know large architectural firm. So I think I think uh, those were very two two really big influences in my life at that time, uh, especially Abhishek, who's a very dear friend now as well, uh, who introduced me about uh, uh, you know computational design, parametric design, uh, and he had I think just come back from the AA that time, and uh, that really inspired me that you know architectural association is a place to be in, and that's where the journey started, and I wanted to kind of chase that dream. And uh, started to work towards that. So, and I think uh, after that, everything kind of fall in, for, fell in place, uh, you know, one after the other. Yeah. Uh, and right things happened, wrong things also happened, which which kind of taught me good lessons <laughs> yeah. to learn and uh, move forward. Obviously, we're talking about the good things, and um, of course, there were like uh, parts which kind of teach you a lot, which are the failures in between. Uh, so I think it's it's been a good journey, and I'm very excited uh, to be at the starting point, as I really believe. Yeah, I'm sure you, and, you have uh, a long way to go. Oh, and ready to move on, and then see how how things kind of open up uh, and phase out from uh, this part onward. You know. Right. All right. So I just want a small background. So you always wanted to become an architect before, like as a kid, or uh, was it something you came across? So I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's very surprising because. Uh, I wanted to be a doctor, which is quite fun. <laughs> typical, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, with what I wanted to do. But it was not very typical, actually, because it's not not like my parents wanted me to be a doctor or something. Right. So uh, I don't talk about this part much, uh, very often. Uh, uh, but my father is also an architect. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, yeah, he's not practicing architecture right now. For the last uh, 20, 25 years, he's into valuations, which is a completely different stream altogether. However, I... I would say I had the you know the, the right genes to uh, you know pursue architecture, and uh, my my mother is uh, uh, has been a mathematics teacher, and she is really into arts. She she does her own artworks and stuff as well. So you know I was very inclined towards creative disciplines in general, and uh, I was inclined towards mathematics uh, and numbers and computing. And I think all of this is coming together now, which is quite surprising and uh, overwhelming as well. Yeah, I think uh, the years of experiences you have as a kid uh, growing up, it right. comes towards the end where you you reflect that in your designs yeah. and all that, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I didn't want it to be uh, an architect, to be honest. And uh, in fact, I remember a very interesting story when I was going for my entrance exam uh, for architecture, which I was kind of asked that you, should, you must give this exam because... Uh, you're not studying to be a doctor right now. You want to take a year off or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I was, I didn't want to go and give an exam for architecture because I think uh, my sister, two years elder to me, she's also an architect. Right. And uh, and like she she was studying architecture that time in first or second year, and I was asked to give an exam. And I said no, I'm I don't want to do architecture. You know, like my father is an architect, my sister is going to be an architect. No, I don't want that. So I don't want to give this exam. Okay. <laughs> and I remember this very interesting story that uh, my my dad uh, asked our driver to you know take me to the entrance examination. And on the way, I convinced my driver that uh, please tell my dad that there was a lot of traffic and we couldn't make okay. it to the <laughs> entrance right. examination because I wanted to really run away from that part. And uh, he got convinced and. Uh, because there was actually a traffic jam that time in Delhi. Uh, and by the time I got off the car, another parent, you know, walking by, uh, told me, uh, you know, that, hey, you're here for the exam. So just walk, it's right, it's right here. Uh, 
because a lot of students were stuck that time and i was like okay fine i mean yeah you come so far you might as well give the exam right <laughs> exactly so so i went there i was like 30 minutes late to the exam and i gave the exam and it seemed pretty simple at that time and uh, i i made it i got a decent rank to uh, enter sushan school that nice. time all right so so that yeah, was your introduction that was, uh, i mean to bachelor yes, right to to architecture right. yes absolutely okay. so how was it studying a bachelor's in sushan school of architecture do you see any difference now compared to when back when you were studying oh well i i think i had a fantastic experience at uh, sushan school uh, uh, it it didn't start as as good as uh, it ended uh, to be honest because uh, you know so the biggest problem i would advise to anyone don't go to a college with which you are sharing your name with. <laughs> yeah yeah sushant, uh, so sushant. that was the biggest thing so entering sushant school uh, with with the name sushant and at a time when i don't know if i'm allowed to say but yeah ragging existed that time so so there was not much of a strictness so i was you know the odd one out you know okay you're in sushant school and your name is sushant so just just you know come on the side and now we're talking so i i initially thought you were related to the college because the name is similar. no no i was not <laughs> then it would have been a definite choice then yeah i would <laughs> be an architect <laughs> right so uh, so that was quite quite uh, you know different experience and 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 to be honest like it was all uh, in, in good fun and all of that so uh, but i mean on on a serious note the college was uh, kind of i think exposed me to the right people exposed me to the right subjects and i think i was in a very good environment in a very creatively charged environment we had a very good batch uh, most of them are doing pretty well for themselves now in different parts of the world and i think that was a that was something that made a lot of difference it it allowed one to dream big and i think that was something that in sushant school that was prominent at that time at least so i think i had a very good experience let's say that's awesome and uh, Yeah I mean uh, so you graduated yeah. in 2010 and then uh, you yes. went to the AA which is Architectural Association London right. So how was your experience uh, studying in the most prestigious university in the world like Right so so I, I think again I have to give credits to Abhishek for that uh, because again as as he uh, introduced me he had just come back from DRL program which is design research lab and I was very inclined towards that uh, uh, you know pursuing that uh AA was was like a dream to be honest uh, at that time when i was in i think third year or something when i got introduced to uh, parametric design it was called digital architecture at that time actually you know the, the whole term was in that time parametric was not as uh, prominent as now as right? yes prominent as it is now and we'll come to that part which is quite interesting to uh, to to see uh, but yeah digital architecture was a thing and uh, uh, i think uh, Yeah, I think the journey started when I wanted to go to the A in third year. I started to kind of prepare myself. It was a bit too early or late. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think when I landed up at the A, uh, I didn't go immediately after SSA because I, I had one year in between. Right. So at that time, I started a practice which nobody would would have heard of, and it was called. Uh, and I can take this opportunity to talk about that a little. As bit. a solo architect. Yes, I was solo architect. So I mean, it was like just, just like you know how how kids do these days as well. You know, like when you're a student, you think you know a lot and you can you're ready to take onto the world. And uh, so in in my third year, I started to take up you know small little projects uh, just by opportunities that I got. 
to do some you know small little retail showrooms oh, nice. and stuff so which i was doing which kind of gave me a hands on experience and uh, made me understand a lot of things uh, allowed me to multitask and uh, i think the interesting part was uh, you know that uh, experience in itself was about uh, studying and working together and that time i had started this so the firm was called studio 2121 okay. 2121 very very uh, weird name for for a firm it is based on a year But 2121 is it yes exactly so so <laughs> that's exactly i was think how i was thinking that you know people are thinking of future people are thinking of 10 year ahead 20 year ahead let me think of you know more than a century ahead what would be the future oh, like well it, it was just a dream it was just a kid's dream i would say that time so not, nothing really went off too too well but after i graduated from ssa uh, uh, i started to take up a few projects uh, which didn't really shape up too well and i think at that time i had joined uh, a firm uh, money chofla architects in delhi uh for a very short span of time i uh, i couldn't stick around i didn't have patience to to be in one place at time and then i went to a firm where i was doing my internship with which also gave, was a turning point uh in my life which is uh, mofa uh is a popular firm in delhi now a manifestation of fluid architecture oh, nice. and uh, so that kind of opened up a lot of avenues really showed me how you know like what fluidity in design is what curves are what mathematics of curves and it kind of uh, so when i went back to that firm to to work there after i had graduated as well i worked on a few competitions and that was a very interesting experience then i went back started to take up a few projects applied to the a that time went to got admission to a and you know like a couple of other bigger universities around the oh, globe nice. and so i i was really in a fix you know like so the biggest option was i had was uh, whether to go to sayak in los angeles for for my masters or to the a in london yeah so why you chose a over sayak so so i chose a that time and uh, i don't think it, i did a mistake or something i think i made a fantastic choice <coughs> i was also confused if i should go for drl program or mtech program uh, both both being on same lines in terms of using computation in its own way but programmed and structured very very differently so i had spoken to a lot of people that time uh, you know like who had uh, done those programs and were doing well for themselves and uh, and yeah uh, i i chose to do a because again another senior friend of mine uh, utsav gupta who who also has his own practice uh, uh, in in delhi uh, he had i think just come back uh, after his mtech program and i think i spoke to him i really got inspired by that So that's how A happened. A started, and uh, it wasn't that smooth or easy or straightforward, to be honest, because my visa was about to get rejected. I mean, there was a lot of delays and stuff. So I ended up finally getting the UK visa. Going to the A, I was late by one week because again of my visa issues. Uh, uh, but yeah, ended up at A. So <laughs> you were staying uh, in the AA hostel, or was it like a? day scholar thing or so aa is like anybody who goes to the aa you know gets really surprised and taken aback right. by looking at what aa is because as you mentioned one of the best uh, you know schools and most prestigious universities in the yeah, world absolutely. uh it doesn't really have a big campus or anything you know it's just in a building which sits in the central london at a very strategic and uh, you know highly energetic place 
close to the British Museum, close to the Oxford Street, uh, Regent Street. Uh, however, it doesn't have really like a huge campus or anything because it's an independent school of thoughts in a way. And that is how AA was started, you know, like about... Yeah, it's thought by the best architects, back. right? Yes, absolutely. And then there, there are fantastic people there and, you know, like, uh, and, and they don't spoon feed you, you know, like as Indians, we are so used to getting spoon fed with knowledge and yeah, information true, yes. and, you know, so that doesn't happen. It just gives you a right exposure and experience and really it's up to you. Uh, how what you make out of it, uh, but A did not have a does not have a hostel facility or something as well. So again, that's another teaching that you get. You land up in one of the most expensive cities in the world, and you have to find your place to stay and you have to manage yourself. It's like restarting your life. So it's say. building and that think, entrepreneurship uh, spirit within you, right? From Sushant School, where you started doing small projects to going to AA and living on your own, and uh, so I think that. The yeah. whole process is building towards something what has become great now, right? No, absolutely. I think I think these are like, uh, you know, lessons which kind of teach you a lot uh, in terms of, uh, you know, like what, what you can make out of it in life later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so, so you know, like, I remember like I booked a hostel or something for uh, 10 or 12 days. Uh, I didn't have, uh, you know, like anyone going and escorting me to London. And I think it was very funny. That was the first time I was going out of India as well. Oh, right. Is it? And, okay. Uh, yeah. So that was my first international flight uh, uh, from Delhi to London. And I ended up there with like three large suitcases, uh, twice as large as my size. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and you knew nothing. Just ended up in a hostel and just in a new culture, new place. And I knew no one, actually. I think uh, all most of the Indian students connected uh, through Facebook and various groups before going to London. But the unfortunate part for me was because my visa did not arrive on time. For two, two and a half months, there was a delay. Uh, so when it arrived, I went there. I was late by a week. So, you know, most of the students had already, you know, like grouped up, managed their accommodations and, you know, like started their new journey, you know, academic journey and personal journey in London, right. where I was kind of, you know, Still like left out in, in a way. Yes. Yeah, and, and then, you know, like, lived in a hostel, understood, you know, went to, going to the class morning, didn't know how to cook as well, you know, like, but had to manage stuff. And then at that time, I met, uh, you know, some very interesting people from the A in different programs, who I managed to find a nice house with, and uh, Ajinkya and Bhushan, so th- those were, those are very close to, uh, friends to me. Uh, so we, we stayed uh, in a nice place, which had about eight, nine people uh, most of uh, you know, like people from different countries and three three Indians, and uh, and I think that is where the exact journey of starting a new life started. You know, I mean, so uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot that I can talk about London, which is kind of endless, uh, and and at the A as well. So all right, so you graduated in 2012 from the AA, and then you started working for a robotic firm, right? Robo, Robofold. <coughs> yes, Robofold. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, quite interesting as well. Again, I mean, the whole experience of AA was uh, was was a lot of struggles as well. I would say, in terms of I, I, like I late think night jury of, work and all that. Yeah, I mean, all those things were happening. I mean, it was really intense. And we uh, again, our undergrad studies in India do not, uh, you know, teach us all of these aspects. Even though we are slogging, we are you know like doing a lot, but we are not. Uh, you know, taught to uh, learn by ourselves. We're not taught to be left alone in a dark space to find the way, you know, like, 
So, but that's something that really happened at that time. And uh, there were some personal struggles with health and all of that, which kind of was pulling me back. Uh, and uh, But yeah, towards the end, uh, I, I found a fantastic uh, person, Pradeep Devdas, who I ended up forming Rat Lab with. Uh, he's also from the AA, is it? Yes, he's from the, also from the okay. AA. He was in MTech and he's actually from Bangalore. Oh, okay. And uh, so we both met at the AA and... Uh, I think both of us were equally lost. I think that's how we teamed up to do our, uh, you know, thesis, master's thesis together, right. uh, because it's a teamwork. So, so we worked in a team, uh, team, and uh, we had this very analytical approach towards approaching, you know, architecture in general and what we can do. And I think I remember, uh, uh, you know, like towards the, uh, you know, some some really intense jury sessions and stuff were happening. Uh, uh, close to the master's session and we were just out there in the backyard of, of the A and you know discussing about architecture and we should do something together and I think that is exactly when we got this idea that you know we should start and, I, and I'm bringing in that lab here because right. which is what I'm doing right. now because that is exactly where it started at, at A itself. Uh, so you came up with the name so, and everything while you were in the AA. Yes yes so we were doing our master's that time we were doing a project adaptive skins uh, which was a very uh, you know celebrated thesis at that time uh, because it, it took us to a lot of places after oh, that wow, internationally. Okay. So we were we were designing a facade system which automatically moves using the energy of the sun, uh, doesn't require any electricity, and we use shape memory alloys. Wow, fascinating. Uh, yeah, so it was. So this is again this is the conversation I am not usually having with other architects because. Uh, people are not used to having these kind of conversations. So nickel and titanium mixed together makes nitinol alloy, which you can be heated up or electricity can be used to put it in motion. So we use that to make a tensegrity system, which allows a facade to move and adapt to different conditions. So, I mean, all, all sounds very complicated. <laughs> but, and it is as well, but uh, uh, it was very interesting. Okay. And I think that time we thought, you know, we are we as architects are not using technology in general, or we are not even researching further. And that is exactly how we thought. Okay, research and technology are our keywords, and we need to form a group of independent, you know, uh, thinkers who can come together and form a group, an organization. We didn't thought that time that we'll have a studio, we'll have a, you know, a full kind of setup and right. stuff. And that is when we thought of, and and we were also inspired by DRL program, which is not what we studied, uh, which is design research lab. So the whole idea of lab and the whole laboratory culture was very fascinating to us. And uh, I, I can assure you, at that time, nobody in India were, was talking about the whole laboratory lab, exactly, culture. Yeah. yeah, and and now it's kind of something which has been there in the industry. So uh, that is when I remember like, you know, telling Pradeep, you know, like, let's take a coffee and, you know, like uh, take take a break from work and I want to talk about something. And uh, so I, I I hope, by the way, this is not getting boring. No, no, it's because, very, very interesting. Please. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting into <clears throat> the whole storytelling because it's very close to, uh, you know, us right now. Yes, yes. So uh, I, I pulled him, uh, you know, uh, out of the campus at that time, the back backyard of the AA. And I told him, you know, that, that, you know, we should do something. We should make a group of people, starting with two of us. And we should, you know, talk about research, talk about technology and how it can change design. And at that time, we also weren't sure that can it change design? Can technology really help design? Does it have anything to do with design right now? 
just because we're doing a goddamn thesis right now, which is using technology, does that mean that we should use that? I said, let's think over it. And then we had another a few sessions at that time and we thought, okay, let's form a group. We'll make a, you know, we will we'll form this group. We'll form a company later on sometime. Let's just start with an organization and let's give it a name. Let's give it a name. We'll make a logo, you know, we'll design the graphics and let, let's go so full So the startup out, you know, scene like, started in AA, right? Yes, absolutely. Because, and, uh, and we thought, okay, let's, we thought of the names again, as I said, you know, we were inspired by, uh, you know, the lab culture of various programs and stuff. And uh, also because uh, this question kind of is asked a lot of times, well, why RAT Lab? Why did you okay, call it Okay, let me guess lab? what, uh, I guess RAT stands for Research, Architecture and Technology. Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so that's exactly what RAT is. And uh, uh, not, not it, it's, it's on our website and it's on, uh, you know, as a subtext as well, but not many people kind of read that in detail. But so RAT is Research and Architecture and Technology. And the whole idea of... Uh, Creating a laboratory culture was also that, okay, we'll be like lab rats, right. you know, like we'll okay. experiment on ourselves, you know, so there are two, three things coming together. And another part was so how it kind of fit perfectly that time. So we wanted the lab thing to be very prominent. So we put it into these square brackets as well, the name and title. And then we also, uh, you know, at that time, Rhino and Grasshopper and all these kind of softwares, which are used in computational design were actually, you know, at, at a peak that time of growth. But and not in India, obviously, the, in the other parts. Not, not in India, yes, absolutely. But in that, uh, in that sphere, I yeah. would say, where we were operating, right, right. actually, that time. So that time, so, you know, if you look at, so the Rhino works on this zoo system of naming every plugin on its animals or various animals and okay. stuff. So it's called a zoo license. They have, then they have flamingo, grasshopper, kangaroo. Uh, now we have ladybug, honeybee, and yeah. you know, so many plugins. All of these are animal names. So that's when we thought we also might come up with something. So let's let's uh, put an animal's name. So I thought, okay, okay, we are having the right keywords. We have this animal as well. We have the laboratory as well, and we we are gonna be the lab rat. So let's let's just go with rat. Yeah, it's lab. a very so, very cool name, you know, rat lab. Usually the people would think it's an animal or something. But then you say, yeah. tell them, no, it's research, architecture, technology. There's also multiple meanings yeah. to it. Right. So uh, that's how it all came together. So we started and we, you know, uh, on, on the side, we started to develop it and take it forward, which happened for the next few years. While you were working but, yeah, parallelly uh, at the same time. Yes, absolutely. So, but AA happened. Uh, we finished our thesis project. Uh, it went out uh, pretty okay at that time. And... Uh, then Pradeep ended up being at Robofold. He got a, so we had like four months to find a job that time. So it was a very difficult yes. phase for all Especially the students that time. Especially in London, that time the visa issues had just changed okay, okay. and had just renewed. So just, you know, one year before we actually went, the rules were that after you do a master's in UK, you are allowed to stay there for one year. I think it was called a post-study work visa or something right. like that, <laughs> which allowed somebody to be there for one year or two years i'm not sure i think one year it was and in that one year you can be there you can find a job if you get it you continue if you don't you move out of the country but you get like one good year which most of the students found very comfortable even if you're not doing anything and you are like able to sustain yourself you can just chill in london and you know like to uh, do, do whatever yeah. you want uh, but the rules at our time was that okay you get four months after your master's finishes 
in that four months a company needs to sponsor oh, you wow okay to to for you to get a visa and by sponsoring was not just uh, monetary sponsoring your visa it is actually that you they have to prove that why you are better than any european or uk citizen oh okay yeah and the process of that is like really long so in a way it's an indirect way of saying that you can't have anyone from outside of uh, europe Working and uk out. obviously after the brexit things have changed in a different way but at that time so this was the situation and most of the students took that four months as a vacation time that okay we're done with the master we've slogged a lot uh let's just chill for four months and move back to our countries and and build it up from there or do whatever we want but you had other plans we kind of uh, ended up with other plans uh, without planning actually i would yeah. say and also because pradeep was really hard working and really passionate to you know keep trying new things so he ended up uh, at roberfold uh, he got an internship there for 3 or 4 months so he was kind of sorted that i'm going to happily do this and you know like and then see what next and then uh, i remember uh, gregory epps was was is a founder of uh, roberfold and uh, he he's making really cool robots and stuff now in different ways using artificial oh, intelligence nice. and all of that but yeah but that time like gregory epps was like really famous as well and roberfold was a very known name and it still is uh, as well and uh, so i wrote to uh, gregory that you know like hey my partner is also uh, has probably joined you and i spoke to pradeep that you know like can i also apply you've got an internship it will be really cool if both of us are there you know like we'll do something some crazy shit together okay. so uh he said yeah he gave me gregory's contact and i contacted him and he said yeah just just uh, you know like send your portfolio and stuff and a uh, few days later he called me that yeah you're in i mean you can so join so this was within the four months of your visa yes so this was like the first two weeks i would right. say right after right. our masters i remember the, the day we finished the thesis uh jury and everybody went out uh, to have a beer uh which which we also did uh but right before that we had a conversation that what next and i think that what next used to come usually from pradeep who used to question me that okay what next and i was like so so is he's like hey da what's next what next so you're from bangalore you yeah, yeah, we use a lot of dads here yeah. yeah so so he's like so that that's how we still talk as well hey da okay. <laughs> okay, nice. so you know da macha and all of that stuff so so he's Nowadays like you know so okay da <clears throat> yeah okay <laughs> so so he's like uh, okay da what's what next i said Let, let's have a beer so he he doesn't really drink and so so he's like okay you have a beer I, i'll sit and we'll make a plan so that's when we started to see what do we do next now in parallel what was also happening was i was also applying to a lot of companies to get a proper job i mean because with with greg it was uh, a three or four months thing uh because we had only limited time so it was like an internship or a short term internship this is when you applied to zaha the architects and yes i was applying to like pretty much all, all the, the best places firms. all the best and the worst or all, all the firms <laughs> okay. i would say because we had no option right, right, to right. be honest we had we had zero option we had like given like 3 and a half 4 months to sort out our life and then decide to move out or not and most of the people were already you know on a vacation mode that yeah. time so i started to apply to a lot of places started to talk to a lot of people and i think 
I think I re- I remember using social media to its full potentials at time Facebook. using technology by contacting people Facebook even Twitter as okay. well you know okay. like and contacting people you know is there a job in your firm contacting people who are working in those firms asking them is there a job can I please apply can you refer this that so, you know all sorts of things that we have to do in the right ways and I think uh, I remember I was going to an interview at one place carrying three portfolios and because there are a lot of offices in central london uh, so wherever i was going i always checked on the maps that which all offices lie on my way or even if it's slightly out of the way so before the interview i would just try to drop in my portfolio to another firm oh, okay nice uh, while going back i would give my portfolio to so another so giving firm. a lot of tips to the guys who may go to london in the future and you know try jobs yeah, yeah it, it works works anywhere manish anywhere yeah. in the world and and that is something that i really you know like tell tell a lot of my students as well that you really need to push hard because otherwise you're not going to get it because a lot of times people think that you know like you you one maybe may get lucky or something or you're fortunate to get this and that but there are there's a lot of things that go behind the scenes to you know to make things happen yes. so and that is how all the dots connect and i think at that time so by the connecting dots is also from from the steve jobs speech which again pradeep used to bombard those <laughs> okay. things to me you know keep listening to inspirational speeches and stuff uh so yeah uh, i remember like dropping in my portfolios to various places this that and i remember uh, emailing uh, patrick directly okay once. patrick schumacher from sorry. patrick schumacher right. who was the partner at zadi rakrets and he's now the principal yes. there and uh, now it's a very um, yeah I'm, I'm i was about to tell a story about the email and how i got to the email but i don't think i should be speaking more about that but yeah, it was very funny that i directly emailed patrick and uh, he responded that okay come for an interview or something like oh, that nice. and i was like this, this was like a you know like a fanboy <laughs> moment <laughs> for me that okay patrick schumacher replying to my email i used to see him often at the air because he was teaching drl yeah. uh, he was guiding those students but we we being in mtech never had an interaction with drl tutors or students much as well so because and that's a perception in india actually and that's something that i want to really clear up uh, with the other myths that we have that uh, you go to a then you get a job at zaha which is not the case uh, especially with me i was in m tech program i was not in prl as well so that time uh, i remember emailing patrick attaching my portfolio i had already sent my portfolio three or four times a few good friends who were working at fosters uh, actually gave me some very interesting tips i did, gave an interview at fosters as well okay. uh so i gave an interview at fosters at som uh um, plp architects and uh, you know like 20 other big firms like heatherwick's oh, office so thomas heatherwick yes i i went to heatherwick's office so i was really enjoying that moment with giving interviews going there the only you know hope that i had was that since i'm being called for so many interviews that there must be something some hope that i had you know there might be something good in my portfolio or something yeah, yeah. or in the emails that i may have may get a chance yeah and this is alongside while i was working at robofold as well so there so was a lot of a lot of things at the same time like yes absolutely at the same time wrapping up your life in london oh, yeah. for 16 months which you had and planning to move back to india as well so that is also happening along the side and i remember uh, uh, i think we had a Uh, i think i had probably we had booked the tickets back to india oh, as yeah. well about 30 yeah so 30th 30th of may was the 
last day my visa was expiring or something my tickets were booked for 27th or 28th and on 12th or 11th of may i got an email from patrick uh and i responded to that email uh that you know like okay i'll come for an interview but when and where you know like i mean where of course i knew but i didn't know what time and this right. and that i didn't even know if i can write back to patrick yeah, that okay. you know that hey when when can i come because they get like thousands exactly. of applications and stuff so i tried to you know like figure out uh, from a lot of my friends that can you email me can you give me the email id of patrick's uh, you know uh, pa that time who uh, who was taking care of recruitments and all of that and uh, so i i think patrick replied copying the person that contact this person or whatever and i emailed that person that patrick has asked me to come this that fix the time 15th of may uh, 2013 uh, and i went for the interview okay. and the interview was with patrick himself wow great and uh, he looked up into the portfolio and everything uh, and so he's some fun who takes decisions kind of instantly there's a yes or a no you must have been super nervous right i i was i was and uh, I mean I'm I'm bound to be actually <laughs> so uh and and then uh, he looked into the portfolio and he said okay so you did mtech this that whatever so I was not a DRL student so I was not one of his students okay. and uh, I don't think there were many people from mtech who had actually ended up at Zaha's office uh the most of the DRL people go to Zaha's office because they have the right skill sets to to do what they are doing uh I barely had those skill sets but I was kind of touching upon that I would say and uh, patrick said okay so we will start from whatever wow that uh, must have been a great moment for you right yeah oh, i was shocked i just looked at him and stared <laughs> i said uh, okay um, i mean i was about to ask him are you sure <laughs> okay but uh, i'm glad i did not and uh, then then he just smiled at me and uh, i just told him thank you very much and he said pleasure i, I can't forget that moment of course and then then he just someone from the hr department came and told me that now there was another issue that uh, okay we have 15 days for visa to apply for a yeah. visa and procure a visa now what do we do so that is another problem the visa interviews were not available for the next one and a half oh, month great. and i said can i go to india and apply from there i said okay oh, that's not going to work i have to be in london but i can't be illegally living in london and applying for a visa which is not possible so what do we do yeah. uh so i figured out that time while sitting there itself with the hr that okay there's an appointment available in liverpool not in london not in any other centers but in liverpool center so they have the base in liverpool as well so it's like a you know how we have vfs centers right, right. in every city yeah. you know they apply for a visa so there was one in liverpool i said i'll book my tickets i'll go to liverpool i'll apply there you know and i'll i'll wait there for the inter- for the results to come and all of that and i blocked it and stuff i booked the interview and went ahead with things and stuff and while i was walking out oh, this is an interesting part as well when i was walking out of the zaz of zaz office yeah. uh, i just got an email i took my phone out to you know call my family uh, back in yeah. india that you know i managed to get a job at zaz office yeah, yeah and uh, uh, i thought they'll be really happy and stuff which, which they were later uh, but i took my phone out and saw an email an email from uh from los angeles uh 
regarding our residency uh, application which we had submitted so there were about 400 applications it was like a competition kind of a thing that we it was uh, a fellowship resident yeah, fellowship right, kind right. of a thing for 6 months so this residency i mean this this museum is in max center is in vienna but the residency happens in los angeles so i got an email from them that you are sure application is shortlisted and you can come here for 6 months and this and that and set up whatever you want to do and stuff so now you have to make another big decision so i was like what the hell i mean what is happening right now you know like there's so many things happening at that time and i just called my family i said i got a job at zaha this is what this is exactly what i said i got a job at zaha but but visa may not happen but even if it doesn't happen i can go to la and like what are you saying i said i had also applied for something else in la and that is also there so i'm not coming back it's like that so they were really happy and excited and stuff and then i told them the exact story i have to go to liverpool and all of that and everything worked out after that and you got the job in zahadi uh, how was it yes. you work for a year in zahadi right how was the work culture and did you meet zahadi in person so uh, i think the work culture was quite interesting in terms of uh, you know what it taught me in that limited time that i had there so i i was there for a little more than a year that time uh now the mac thing uh, the one interesting thing about the you know mac schindler la thing which i mentioned about yeah. that i had an option to choose for immediate slot or the next year slot so at that time i had decided in my mind okay that i will not be going for this one right now i am if i get a visa i am going to work at rha and next year i can go for that one that is what i thought at that time but i thought let's see how things work out so at zaha i think i was uh it was super interesting it was overwhelming in the beginning and then i realized that people who are working with me uh they have similar skill sets that, that i have uh there is a lot that i need to learn there is a lot that i know more yeah, than you could share your expertise as well. as well so we could share yeah. and that was a culture in the studio wow. so there there were a lot of studios there there are studio heads there are associates who are handling teams and stuff like that and uh, i think we happened to have a lot of discussion with patrick a lot of decisions are taken were taken by patrick that time uh i would not say okay zaha did not have too many engagements with a lot of people at least the entry level people that time so you know the conversations with, with the mostly the senior associates but i happened to be in project discussions uh, a number of times there were some office parties as well where you know everybody was there zaha was there but zaha was a celebrity in in her own office as oh, well right. okay. so you would really you would really get to you know uh, converse with her unless you were, you were really lucky to be working on a particular project be it's the same thing being at the right place at the right time so i did happen to have some kind of conversations but not i, I would not say really architectural conversations or engagements of that right, kind right. but i had those with patrick quite a lot so patrick was uh, you know kind of the in charge of uh, most of the projects i was working on and uh, he was I a think, mentor uh, in a way as well yeah i mean uh, he he knew what's happening in the office and he's he's like a superhero you know that that's how i used to see him and i still see him like that because he's handling so many things and he knows about everything and in detail so that's that's the kind of how a uh, person uh, patrick is actually so all of them were working on the same software as like rhino grasshopper 
स्टूडियो <clears throat> because i was developing uh, <clears throat> and that was out of personal interest i started to develop computational tools which can be used by various teams oh wow okay so i hap- so i happened to be jumping on from one project to the other you know time and again so you had your hands so in a lot could- of projects yes exactly so i think that was something which i really uh, you know really enjoyed doing because i started to okay grasshopper wasn't I won't say it was wasn't much used, but it wasn't very much preferred at that time at Zaha's office. But I started to kind of encourage people to use Grasshopper. I developed an, my own tool as well, which I floated around in the entire company. So we had a very interesting, you know, you can email anyone in Zaha's office. There were three hundred people. You can you had a messenger system where you can communicate and stuff. So I made a tool. I developed the tool. I spoke to my associate. I'm really interested in developing this. and i want to test it out so i spoke to their software in charge that i'm developing in my own tool on grasshopper and it can do this so and, you scripted uh, this tool is it yeah yeah i scripted the entire oh, nice. tool uh which could do a lot of analysis and can be used on any projects at that age and i started to send that to various teams in the office to test it out on their ongoing projects so that is how i started to know about various projects as well and then i was floated from one team to the other as a computational designer uh so i ended up working on you know variety of projects at of various scales okay great uh yeah yet i would say i was devising my own tools and all of that and at the same time uh so this is what i was doing in the day time and till night so once i used to go back home to rat lab that is when so rat labs used to start at that time right so i think for almost one one and a half year I don't think I I slept for more than four five hours on a night. It was pretty much oh, wow. like that. And Pradeep at that time was in China, so he got a job at Shanghai, uh, which was specialized in robotics. So he started to further pursue what he was doing at Robofold uh, in Shanghai, and then he was teaching there as well. So you know we used to communicate at night because of the time zones as well. So I was very happy working at ZHA during the daytime and often till the nights as well. And then later on, I could I could uh, you know uh, discuss with Pradeep what what we are doing at Ratlab because we were really you know like trying to do something on a small scale. But and you were able I to sustain the, yourself for a year with Zahadid's pay and all that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so they they paid me pretty decent, I think, uh, that time. So for the standards that uh, were set at that right, time. Right. Uh, so I think. I was pretty fine uh, in terms of how the finances were sorted and stuff but at the same time I I'd have to add that you know London is a very difficult place to be in in terms of handling your expenses, expenses because right. it's it's quite high and then I didn't want to stay too uh, you know too much out of the city so I was staying in central London as well so that I can have a direct access to the office so I could it just used to take me in 25 minutes or something by bus I had to change two buses, but be in the office in 25 minutes. So that was a luxury, I would say. But for that, I had to kind of pay some some extra money. And uh, uh, th- thanks to my dad for <laughs> supporting me that time. Uh, yeah, a bit whenever required. So you're working on the Rat Lab uh, firm in the background, 
and then yes so it was kind of developing that right. time i would say it was evolving it was we were and and then so interesting part was we were meeting a lot of people we were meeting a lot of people to tell them about ratlab as well so you're networking yeah so we were networking a lot uh, i was going to a lot of conferences and i think before i joined zaha i went to this conference called smart geometry that changed a lot of things for me so at smart geometry conference it happened at the bartlett in uh, ucl in london there i met I, i was a part of a workshop where we kind of developed our own tools and at that time i was also the editor for arc2.com Uh, for which yes so so there i was uh, uh, i was writing various articles oh nice so you were writing you had like different skill sets building up right yes so so arctu was based in egypt so the main founder uh, uh, ibrahim uh, was was in egypt and that's who i was communicating with directly and i told him you know we should have a separate section on the magazine on the, on the online blog that talks about design technologies and stuff so they opened a new section called in depth for me where i could set a team uh, of people who can write with me so i was writing at that time i was researching for ratlab smart geometry while you were working in zaha as well yeah at that time and before in those four oh, months okay, as well so, so there are so many stories which are kind of overlapping and uh, but i think that is the whole uh, intensity of things that are happening that happened and that are happening now as well all right guys so that is the end of the first part of this two part series of talking parameterism of the future of architecture with sushant on the next episode you will get to listen to another fascinating story where transition from quitting zahadit architects to starting ratlab studio it's going to be a treat for all of you all and we also dwell into topics like architectural education in india and other such aspects surrounding architecture if you guys like this episode please to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you guys listen to be it iTunes Stitcher Spotify Castbox also guys you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter by going to akyan.com/subscribe and if you'd like to support us you could go to akyan.com